Welcome to Extinction Events. This episode is about a carrier pigeon that served in World War One. It's a great story, and if you look this pigeon up, you can Google Cher Ami Pigeon or just Dear Friend Pigeon. You'll see a picture of him, and he has just one leg. He's an injured war vet, and after he died, they taxidermied him. So that's on today's episode. Welcome to Extinction Event, Jack. Hi, Melissa. Hi. So you heard we're doing a war pigeon. Yeah, I just heard. Just came through the wire. I have a lot of questions already. Right. Okay, well, cher ami, that's French, and it means dear friend. We're going to talk about how he went extinct. Obviously, he just died. Carrier pigeons. We're getting real loose with the extinction (laughs) definitions. But what the sandwich I had for lunch went extinct. (laughs) Okay, but what this is about the way it works is that the use of carrier pigeons during wartime as a form of communication has gone extinct for now. Right, they may come back. Mm -hmm. Or I hear there have been sightings. Anyway. Before we get started, I wanted to give you an update on the Apple podcast reviews. Yeah, it was a real downer last episode. Right. Well, you remember Alan who gave us the recommendation for last week? Yeah, Alan, great guy. He messaged me again with all of these reviews from Europe Apple podcasts, and there are positive reviews. I'm going to have to write a strongly worded letter to Apple and say, what's the deal? Hiding all the good stuff. It seems like maybe they're just more positive in Europe. And I'm I'm like, maybe we should start using the metric system as a, like a way to... Were these reviews in the metric system? No. <laughs> We're always so American-centric with our references and stuff, so... Okay, well, we can try and commit to that on this podcast. In solidarity with positive reviews from Europe, we're going to try to use the metric system. We'll try. For as long as I can remember. The reviews are incredibly well written, too. They put me to shame. uh, One of the reviews, it says, Melissa Thomas does the mammoth task of researching and teaching and Jack Collier is the auric in a china shop with his saber-sharp wisecracks. Oh, stop. The cocky awk at the back of the class absorbing all he can learn. <laughs> Isn't It's great. It's great. And then there's also one that is a great review. And then they said, there's a lot of scope for other animals to be covered, especially Pleistocene megafauna, prehistoric Australia, especially, please. And because of that, I uh, I've incorporated. Well, you know, Pleistocene megafauna. It's kind of the low hanging fruit, right? You it... see extinction, and that's immediately where you go. True. So I think we kind of purposely been not doing that. But I was. I'm kidding. I have no idea what those most words mean. of the animals we do are Jack Pleistocene megafauna. Yes. Do you remember at the end of the last ice age? It there sounds was like a, a death metal band from 
Okay, Norway? Anyway. No, I don't remember any of this. I bring it up because I'm going to be incorporating Australian megafauna into uh, upcoming episodes. Well, good on you. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you, Alan, again for that. All right, moving on to this pigeon. So Cher Ami, he was a carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeons were a common form of communication in World War One. The U.S. Army Signal Corps, which is basically the communications department of the Army, they had flocks of pigeons that were trained for carrying and delivering messages during wartime. Uh, these flocks were stationed in various countries, not just the U.S., Use of pigeons for military communication has been used since ancient times. How it typically worked was if you were a mobile unit out in the field and you needed to communicate with a stationary unit, for instance, to send a message back to your home base, a pigeon could do it. The messages could be handwritten or typed or later they used microfilm if they needed to send a, a lot of info. And so you could attach that message to the pigeon, release the pigeon, and it was trained to fly back to their home base. I think I've seen pictures of this. There's like a little canister like strapped onto their leg. Yeah. You could roll up your message real tight and just slip it right in the canister. Yep. I, that's, I've seen those too. What would be the funniest thing to, you get a pigeon <laughs> and then you open it up and there's like, I don't know. A single jelly bean or something. <laughs> if you got a package you need to get shipped right away, our carrier pigeons will get your package where it needs to go fast as possible. We'll ship anything from a single jelly bean to an eraser head, an interesting looking pebble, nail clippings, a single pea, a tic tac. The screws to an eyeglass repair kit. A ladybug. A popcorn kernel. Unpopped, please. Sprig of sage. Travel size Tabasco. Too big. A human tooth. Whatever you need to get from point A to point B, we got you covered. CPS Carrier Pigeon Services. The world leader in freight shipping using pigeons. You can ship anything. As long as it fits on a pigeon's leg. We are CPS. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> Do you think when carrier pigeons first came out, everyone was like, all the old heads were like <laughs> treating it like it was Twitter or something? Yeah, like for these sure. kids and their pigeons. Yeah, why? Do all you... they're doing is checking their pigeons all day long. Back in my day, you had to get on a horse if you wanted to send a message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everywhere they go, they can't sit down without the pigeon cub again and interrupting. <laughs> Kids on their pigeons. I know what you're going to ask next, Jack, and that's um, how do you train them, right? I wasn't even thinking about it. I just figured it was one of those, like, it's just built into pigeons somehow. I honestly wasn't thinking about it, but now that you raise it, how do you train them? <laughs> Glad you asked. Well, the truth is I don't know how the army did it, but the internet said that, like, if you're doing it at home, you can put it in a cage 
and you take them further and further away from their home each time and then you release them and obviously there's food back at home and they're pretty hungry so they learn to fly back to where that food is oh and that's the gist of it but uh it could have been a little more intense for military pigeons like hazing and boot camp (laughs) stuff shave their heads what do you mean it probably added yeah like get them used to gunfire and stuff right yeah (laughs) just sneak up on them um i don't know if i'd done a little more research i probably would have found out too but that's as far as i went pigeons aren't the only animals who serve the military as messengers uh do you want to guess dolphin dolphin correct did you do a b- book report on that in middle school or something? No, thank you for thinking I did, though. I think that really is quite a compliment. It would have been <laughs> such an excellent book report it would have. in middle school. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, just scan the old brain index for military you know, animals. And I went, dog? Mm, too obvious. And also, they're probably not good long-distance messengers. And then next up? dolphin why why would you say that because one sequest dsv (laughs) two because i have heard that they use dolphin i think recently they're like in ukraine and stuff they use dolphin and just in case a couple people listening haven't heard of sequest dsv the show before do you want to fill them in uh, basically, you know, we, we haven't explored our oceans nearly as much as we have explored the moon and the writers and creators of the show said, okay, we'll just make a space show, but in the ocean. And this was in the nineties. And, uh, yeah, I think they did like three seasons ranges from ridiculous to pretty crazy. What is the, in Sequest DSV, uh-huh. deep sea vehicle? Is that what DSV uh, means? I think so. Yeah. Vessel. Deep sea vessel. But in that show, obviously, the dolphin can speak, so which make him a little more efficient messenger. Yeah. Doesn't he sometimes have a belt on him too? Yeah, they wanted to give him an accessory, right. you know, so they gave him like a little hump pod thingy. Is there a gun on there? There should be, but there's not. That's not really what DSV is about. Right. They're peacekeepers. It's it's a Star Trek ripoff. Uh, <laughs> well, you were correct about the dolphin, and also dogs were used. But during World War One, pigeons were the top dog when it came to animal communication. Uh... <laughs> okay, because just to give an example... So you're behind enemy lines and you're, I don't know, is it like your platoon? What it, your, sure. Your group? Squad, your squad, platoon. <laughs> yeah. They're taking fire and a pigeon is going to serve you better than, say, a dolphin or a dog or a runner. Well, it depends if you're in the water or not. <laughs> Let's say that we're on land and we're not on a beach. Okay. Okay, and even radio in a lot of cases, because that wasn't very reliable back then. It required a lot of wires. But with a pigeon, you could just tie a message to it, release it, and you're good, hopefully. Um, 
They're just hoping the enemy's not playing a game of duck hunt. (laughs) They're gun right on the screen. (laughs) Click it away. (laughs) We have definitely already talked about this. When you play duck hunt. You cheat. You went right up to the screen and cheated. Yes. Yeah, you did. Of course. And you're pretending that you did it? No, I definitely didn't put the gun up to the tv that's fine I'll, i'm gonna let you you know claim to not have done that on the podcast so you could project this image of you <laughs> as a person who never did that and that's fine you know i would you envision that for yourself okay but i think we all know that no, you did. <laughs> here's what happened i would sit back and try to get it you never did it once I did it once, yeah. Oh, well, well, here it comes. <laughs> okay. Um, If your pigeon made it back to base alive, a human could use a telegraph or a phone at that point to correspond the message to whoever it needed to go to. Uh, you know, whereas with a dolphin or a dog or a human, it's got a higher probability of being shot. Because they're bigger, harder, or easier to shoot. Right. Pigeons were also carried in planes. If a pilot crashed, a pigeon would be dispatched. Often they would put pigeons on bigger planes and fly them near where the intended message was to be sent and then throw the pigeons out of the plane. And surprisingly, not many went missing uh, when they did it like that. Wait, re-explain this part. You're in a plane. Big. And why are you throwing a pigeon out? Well, there's two times it would be in a plane. One, you crashed. Yeah. And And you hope the pigeon survives. (laughs) Right. Second, you need to get a pigeon to a troop that's on the ground somewhere, but you can't fly your plane in all the way. Mm -hmm. So you get as close as you can and then you let your pigeon fly the rest of the trip down to where they need to go okay so it's like giving the pigeon a lift yeah okay and i don't know how you train them to do that i thought they just went back to base but probably some of that army training mysterious army training we'll never know pigeon jumps throwing them out the window of a plane yeah they also kept them on ships and i guess they discovered that if you released a lot of them at once the flock would just fly off together and never return. (laughs) They learned to only release a few at a time because when you did it like that, they would come back. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) There were some really outstanding pigeons during the war, and those pigeons were recognized for their service by being given honors and medals. One pigeon, the Mocker, successfully completed 52 missions before he was wounded and had to retire. Do you know what I'm thinking about? No. Who's designing these pigeon medals? <laughs> they're, uh, they're regular They're so size. tiny. <laughs> I don't think they made tiny ones. They're regular size. Yeah. If I'm like a human soldier... I don't want a pigeon getting the same medal as me. <laughs> I, I kind of devalues the thing. I guess. I don't think they gave them out very often. It was just a few pigeons that were that. My point still stands. They saved lives. Give them their own special pigeon medals. <laughs> wow. If I 
you know, took a hit in the line of duty in battle. I don't want a pigeon standing next to me while they're handed out <laughs> medals. I think you would. I you it's a it, dog next to you. I like dogs, <laughs> but like am I going to get a pat on the head? It lightens it up. You just lost It lightens it up. It lightens up the mood because you just lost like maybe <laughs> your friend in You're right. battle it's and It's there for comedic right. relief. Okay. Uh, but, I'll buy that. And they really were helpful in a lot of situations and they saved a lot of lives. I don't have a number of how many they saved, but Thank you for your sacrifice, Melissa. Okay. <laughs> Here's a chewy bone. <laughs> okay. These were not your average birds, meaning you can't just grab a pigeon off the street, strap a message to its leg, and expect anything to happen. You know, we know these pigeons are highly trained animals. They could fly up to 50 miles an hour. In the U.S., there was a large facility where pigeons were trained for battle, but they did have facilities overseas as well. The bird we're featuring today, Cher Ami, was part of the French division of the U.S. Signal Corps. He and roughly 600 other birds were trained at the facility in Verdun, France. I'm expecting to hear that Cher Ami, like fathered a great number of ah. other pigeons in his time abroad. In his off time when he could go out and explore mm -hmm. the city. Smoking cigarettes, walking mm -hmm. around <laughs> France, casually impregnating random pigeons. French pigeons. Picking well. up baguette crumbs. <laughs> so I don't know the specifics of the training regiment like we talked about, but it might have gotten pretty intense. You know, so whatever training he did go through... Cher Ami completes it, and he is deployed for service. He delivers many important messages and is earning a bit of a reputation for himself. Uh, it's not easy work. You're being carried in a cage into some pretty stressful situations, it's loud, you know, there's explosions, machine guns, people are dying all around you. Uh, and Cher is just doing his duty. You know, he's flying up above it all, delivering messages that are saving people's lives. Does he know he's delivering messages that are saving people's lives? This is back to the metal thing. Does he even know he's being heroic? <laughs> it's like a Roomba has one function. <laughs> to scoot around and clean the floor. And if you're a pigeon, your function is just going to be to fly. Can you say there's a heroic Roomba? I mean, I guess you're right. He's just going back to get some food. If a Roomba tipped and, you know, bumped a table that <laughs> spilled some water and put out a fire, would we be having a parade? <laughs> They're far more likely to cause a fire, I... in my opinion. We get it. You don't like pigeons. I. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they should have their own medals. Okay. Okay. So at this point in the war, it was 1918. And enemy troops knew that if you saw a pigeon, there was a pretty good chance it was carrying a message. Because they were using pigeons too, I assume. Right. 
if you go down behind enemy lines, that's a huge problem because now the enemy has your message. But Cher is able to avoid enemy fire time and time again. He delivers 11 or 12 messages at this point successfully. And that's a lot? Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I seemed impressed. I feel like I'm sitting across from like a war vet right now. Well, you could have told so... me like he only did 11 or 12 and I'd be like, that's not very bad but it sounds like that's a lot. I don't know. The other pigeon I talked about, he had 52. Whoa. So maybe it's not that many. But, you know, 11 and 12, that could be early on in his career. Right. So he had delivered a handful until what is about to happen happens. And one fateful battle will put his wartime pigeon message delivering skills to the test. Cher Ami is deployed with the 77th U.S. Battalion, a.k.a. the Lost Battalion. Cher Cher Ami is carried into battle in his travel coop along with many other pigeons and the infantrymen. And what happens is they get trapped behind enemy lines, German enemy lines. And then another American battalion comes nearby, doesn't realize it's their own men, and they start firing at their own guys. Happened all the time. Did it? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Friendly fire. That's what it's called? Yeah. It's a, it does not seem friendly. All the time. Still happens. Wow. Um, okay, so they're firing and 30 men in the 77th Battalion are already dead. Oof. The Major needs to send a message back to base to tell the other battalion to stop firing. So he starts sending up birds. And he's watching as bird after bird drops back down. Each and every pigeon he sends up is shot. I later found out that he only had three pigeons total. (laughs) (laughs) But they finally get down to the very last pigeon, and it's Cher Ami. It's his time to shine. He's called to duty from his coop, and one final tiny message is attached to his leg, and it reads, We are along the road parallel to 276.4. Our own artillery is dropping a barrage directly on us. For heaven's sake, stop it. I would have used some harsher language. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess he, you know, the major wrote that down real tiny, strapped it to his leg. Are you ready to keep going? And it was successful. Well, the fate of the entire battalion is resting on the wings of Cher Ami. And up he goes. And the Germans are firing at him. He's dodging bullets. Flapping his wings as fast as he can. Wait, wait, Germans or Americans? I guess it's hard to say. It could be either one. Well, he's getting it from all sides. He's got friendly fire and... You're right. Okay. And almost immediately he's hit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, he falls to the ground. Oh, God. <laughs> but he gets up. Yeah. He takes to the air again, and he he keeps flying. And I'm I'm pretty sure he gets hit again. Um, but he, he keeps going. Uh, wounded. Right through the enemy fire and the friendly fire. He flies 25 miles back to base. When he arrives, he's in pretty bad shape. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's been hit in the chest, the leg, and the eye. And basically, his leg is falling off. Not, I hope it's not his message, message yeah, leg. It was. Uh, it, it's attached, and the leg is dangling there, broken. But the message is still intact. How long did you cry when you first read this? <laughs> I didn't cry. I didn't cry. You got real misty-eyed, though. A pigeon with a dangling leg and one eye. Right. I guess it wasn't that traumatic to me because I see so many pigeons with injured legs. Wait, and you're right. I do get really emotional over that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm changing. Anyway, his handlers quickly take the message and relay it to the proper people it needed to be sent to. And the battalion that was firing at the lost battalion is ordered to stand down. The massacre stops. And many lives were saved that day. I think it was somewhere around 200. Wow. Yeah. Good job, Jeremy. Dear friend. Dear friend. Dear friend. Are you impressed with him now? Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. Do you think he earned a human Tiny. size? Tiny. <laughs> no, not a human size. Metal? What's he going to do with a human-sized metal? <laughs> okay, okay. You know, last week we asked people for some input and put out a link where you could, you could kind of call in and leave a little message. And... Um, what they had to say was much better than our question that we asked was about pigeons. We asked that, and also if you just had a weird pigeon story. Yeah. And I think you have one, but let's listen to the messages. Hi, my name is Connor. I absolutely love your guys' podcast, and I have an animal recommendation for you. I think, I know you've done the Caspian Tiger, but I think you should do the Javan Tiger next. Thank you for listening. Connor. Connor. So good. Oh, Thank wow. you so much. Uh, yeah, 100% we're going to do the job on Tiger now. Excellent suggestion. Everybody loves the Tiger episode. And, you know, they're still pretty endangered everywhere. So yeah. more Tiger episodes, the better. Great suggestion. Great Thank suggestion. You, Connor. Yeah, love it. Plus, they look cool. Next message. This message is from Owl. Hey, this is Owl. I listen to you on Spotify, and I just gave you my first ever rating on Spotify at five stars. I thought you guys were gone forever, and I'm so glad you're back. That hiatus had me very worried, but this is amazing. You have the best kind of coping humor, and you are the only guys doing what you do, so... Please keep at it. You are my top podcast of all. 
Thank you a lot. Wow. Obviously, you didn't listen to all these. (laughs) Because you would have hyped it up a lot more. This is just a positive, you know, affirmation session right now. Thank you, Al. I'm, I'm... Yeah, those were great. Thank you guys so much. If anybody else wants to call in and compliment us, <laughs> you can... That line is always open. Yeah, that line, you can call, leave a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash extinction event. That's the voicemail link. And Speakpipe.com slash extinction event. Correct. And then you get like 90 seconds to say whatever you want. Yep. And then we play it on this podcast. Yeah. And then for next week, I don't know what animal or subject we're going to do necessarily. I was going to maybe let you pick it, Jack. Okay. Um, We could do it about the Western black rhino or maybe about that Australian Pleistocene megafauna that I, I was... Western black rhino. My choices are Western black rhino and Australian plasticine megafauna. Yeah. I'm going to go megafauna. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So maybe for the next uh, episode, if we're doing a Australian Pleistocene megafauna, unnamed yet, the question is, Jack? Um, would you rather fight 100 kiwi-sized giant short-faced kangaroos (laughs) which are the largest kangaroos who have ever lived they're like 500 pounds so would you rather fight 100 tiny kangaroos of the what was it giant short-faced kangaroo yeah or one giant short-faced kangaroo-sized kiwi 100 tiny kangaroos or one giant kiwi would you rather fight? And you can't cheat and use like, I'm going to destroy their environment or introduce some, you know, right. animal that's going to. Do you have any weapons? No, you're just stuck in a room. A 30 by 30 foot room. No weapons. Okay. All right. Wow. That's, that gives me a lot to think about. So what was your crazy pigeon story? Did I say I had one? Yeah. Last episode. Jeez. Okay. So here's my story, and and it's not even fair to blame it on a pigeon because it could have been a seagull, because I was at SeaWorld in San Diego. Okay. With like class, you know, it was probably like third grade, pretty young, and I definitely got pooped on by a bird, right on my shirt. I was pretty embarrassed about <laughs> it. So embarrassing. You had to go in the bathroom and clean it off. And like I said, oh think it was a pigeon. Could have been a seagull. Did that like ruin your life? No, I didn't really think about it. As, as I'm telling it, I'm not even sure it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a big deal for me to get stuff on my shirt. For me? What grade? Like third third grade you're basically okay. a feral child at that point okay. as a boy you know girls probably are much more you know like oh no i've ruined my <laughs> as a boy you're like well whatever it just goes next to the, the other stain on my shirt <laughs> um i think i 
misheard and I thought you were in middle school. And I, if that had happened to me in middle school, I probably just would have had to change schools at that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just very sensitive. Really. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that story, Jack. <laughs> it was not a good one. I definitely hope you weren't like waiting a week to hear this. I was, but that's okay. Let's move on. Okay, so what happened to Cher? He's pretty hurt. We know that. Medics on the scene rush to save his life. And do you think they save his life? Yeah, they did CPR. Got him going again. No, he died? They save his life. Oh. Yep. They're obviously too late to save his leg and his eye. Okay. So he's a... A real vet. He's like a cliche pigeon Ooh, war vet at this kind point. Kind of, he's veering more into the pirate territory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So, what's going to happen to Cher now? Does he get like a toothpick and <laughs> replace his leg? <laughs> is he going back for another mission? Or is this the end? Guys, he's wounded pretty bad. Obviously, he's not going back into battle like that. They decide to send him back to the United States. And he's escorted back to Fort Monmouth, Fort Monmouth, yeah. New Jersey. Along with him, they send a little wooden leg that members of the Lost Battalion had made for him. Oh. Yeah. It took more than one person to make a little wooden leg. <laughs> I'm there was probably one artsy guy. Yeah, there and they made him do it, but they were like backseat driving the whole time as he's carving it. Yeah, they're like it's too narrow. <laughs> it doesn't I, look like a pigeon leg. I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna try and look up the picture of him and see if there's like ornamentation on it. Just a second. They should have made it like ivory or something. Oh, here he is. It looks like the wooden leg has been lost over the years. It's just it, mm. what what I'm seeing now is just a pretty ragged taxidermy of a just looks like a pigeon you'd see. The leg is not anywhere to be found. No, it's okay. gone. I don't see an eye patch either. But, you know, those eyes are fake anyway. And it looks like they've restored both of the eyes. But wow, that's pretty bizarre that I'm just looking at him, you know? That you can just call recall him like that. There Thanks, he is. Internet. That was the one who saved uh, all those men. We can cut this, but I can't look at this pigeon without thinking about why don't we do this to humans? Taxidermy them? <laughs> yeah. For good reason, that's why. You see how bad taxidermy looks? Imagine that with a person. You're right. Even the... We have wax museums. That's like close enough. Okay. Even I'm the... worried about you, Melissa. <laughs> I know. I don't want to think about it, but I do. Because it's like, here's First, this, this war story hero. didn't make you cry. And now you're like, why don't we taxidermy people? Why don't we wear their skin? <laughs> ah. 
Okay. Cher is back at the New Jersey base. And he's hanging in there. But he's not doing great. The war took its toll. He spends eight months at Fort Monmouth. Then he starts taking a turn for the worse. I'm, first of all, I am very surprised that they are putting this much effort into keeping this bird alive. Yes, we know you don't like the bird. Like I'm just thinking of the army and military and stuff, and it seems pretty expendable. Like I don't know why you'd be using resources. It's just like, let's just get another bird, right? Well, listen, I might be playing up the efforts a little bit. Okay. I, it was probably just putting him in a little He's in a cage case. for eight months. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't like visiting him every day. Right? He's not in a bed and there's a sexy nurse coming up. There, he's not like on the little bars tr- trying to learn how to walk again. <laughs> there's not a montage. Yeah. There's like a dirty bird cage somewhere, right? Okay. I don't know the details, but you know what? They're out there. I just didn't do the research. I didn't research that much. Okay. I think there's books about this. So he's not doing good. He takes a turn for the worse. And I'm sad to say uh, he dies in June of 1919. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone. And as you get a tiny little flag to fly half mast. Next, you're going to tell me the president gave a speech at his funeral. <laughs> no, for his service. As you know, uh, he was awarded a medal. And it was actually by the French who awarded it, called the Croix de Guerre with Palm. And that's War Cross with Palm. And that's an even higher level than the regular version, which would just be the Croix de Guerre. Okay. It was like an even higher level. So, you know, there were humans uh, that were awarded lower levels. <laughs> again, yeah. Uh, late... I don't want to be at this ceremony. <laughs> no, you're going to lose your your mind. You... The guy gets his medal and then they award the pigeon next to him with an even more honorable. Later on, he will also be inducted into the Racing Pigeon Hall of Fame. That's a thing. Mm. And he receives a gold medal from the Organized Body of American Pigeon Fanciers for his service. So he's probably one of the more famous pigeons in history. There's books about him. His story's been featured in films. And uh, he's, he's always going to live on in our hearts. And his bad taxidermy. This is true. It's a crazy story. And Cher was just one of many decorated pigeons in World War One, And they were also used in wo- World War Two, But pigeons have essentially disappeared since then as wartime messengers. And no mystery here. Better forms of communication come along and pigeons start to become obsolete. Some might even say extinct. Some might say that. (laughs) It's a case of video killed the radio star. You're trying to get me to sing that song? It's not going to (laughs) happen. So are are you buying it that this is a good extinction event? I thought it was a very interesting story. 
it's like I said, wishy washy if that counts as an extinction. You don't think that as a form of communication, them going extinct? I think it could easily come back and, you know, our advanced technology could be wiped out and pigeons. If you were to tell me there's still some remnant of a military operation for pigeons still alive, I would believe you Yeah, as a backup fail safe. Okay. So that's why I say I can't fully classify this as an extinction. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's obsolete, yes. Okay. But not gone forever. Well, we're probably going to lose some listeners over it. I would. If I was a listener, I'd say this is bullcrap. This is not an extinction. Allow me to leave a poor review and never listen again. But I don't think that's what our listeners do. They're a bunch <laughs> of sweeties. <laughs> It's interesting uh, that you mentioned there's a secret covert troop of pigeons somewhere, maybe, right? There have been sightings of uh, yeah. <laughs> pigeons, um, and some say they are still used for military uses. I read there were rumors that Pakistan might have been using spy pigeons as recently as 2015. Whoa. So who knows? You might be right there. But most likely because of more advanced communication systems, these wartime pigeons, I think, are pretty much extinct. And of course, Cher Ami is also extinct. Good job, Melissa. Thank you. And uh, next week, some mystery Australian place to see megafauna. Exciting. I'm pumped. Thanks, everybody who called in, and thanks for listening to the show. Can't wait to talk next week. Also, one last thing, if you can't get enough of this podcast, Melissa has started a TikTok account where you can get little extinction tidbits and fun stuff like that. So go on there. What's the handle? At Extinction Event Pod. Give it a like. Give it a look. That's it. Bye. Bye. A Peg Lake Deer production.